high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Sleepy, sleepy, Mike and Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. It's Halloween for us, and election day for you. Days have gone by, but I'm pretty sure Keith is still rebooting. Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which we discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This episode will be about season five, episode seven, Brothers Keepers. It is the Out of Practice podcast, 91st episode. It is Halloween. How's it going, Mike? It's going well. I hope that you have your ear pods in right now and you are standing in line somewhere to vote. I hope it hasn't been uh, too oh, long. What's that? I shrank again. You shrank again. Well, you know what? Hopefully you'll bounce back. Skype will <laughs> do whatever adjustments it needs to do. Uh <laughs> Yes. The past well, few weeks have really been something, but I hope you're voting. Uh, yes. Or that you're listening to or this you have later. Already, you've already voted. Yes. And that we have a new president elect. Oh my God. Please, for the love of God, let us let us please have some, you know. I, I at this point it's less about the president and more about, you know, democracy, because it'd be fun to still have it. Right, right, right. Uh but I had a uh a lovely time. I uh, early voting here in Astoria, Queens, about a uh, went on Tuesday. It's now Saturday, and it was really cool because we were. I it, it's a little bit consolidated in Queens for early voting, so I had to walk a a little further. But when I got there, it's at the uh, the Boys and Girls Club on Twenty First Street, and there was I I got to the line. I'm like, oh, that's a long line. It goes all the way to the end of the block. I get to the end of the block and I'm like, oh, it's going down the other, you know, take a left and it's around the end of that block. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I keep walking. Down. It's all the way to the end of that. And I take another left and I'm like, there's, it's the line still going. And then I went all the way around the other block and then took another left. And by the time I got to the end of the line, I basically circumnavigated the entire giant block and I was lining up right about where the line was going into the building. Huh. Um, Is this Mammy Faye? Uh, no, this was, uh, it was the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, okay. That's um, funny, we only live was... a few blocks from one another, yet there's two different polling places. Well, th this was consolidated, because I'm usually voting on, on 31st Street, I, I, th I think at the school. Mm -hmm. um, but because it was early voting, they only had a couple locations in Astoria, not all the normal ones. Anyway, point being, I uh, waited about an hour and ten minutes, had a lovely chat with, you know, uh, some lady who'd been in, uh, Astoria her entire life 
and uh, had a really nice time voting. So I it, you know, obviously it was, you know, it's it's Queens. We we all know who's voting for who there, but it was a really lovely experience, and I was glad to have done it. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll speak to my situations thus far. Um, so I, you know, Jed and I moved to Pennsylvania, and it's nice because I think my vote here is one of the most powerful votes I've ever had because Pennsylvania yeah, is hugely. is the swing state this year, this this cycle, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think last cycle has taught us that the polls are. Uh, anecdotal at best. I mean, I think they've they've kind of reeled in the science a little bit, but regardless, you know, I don't like to look at those anymore. And so Jen's been doing a get out the vote and she's been text banking. She's that annoying person who keeps texting you. Uh, so Good. Send, send your emails to outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com <laughs> to complain to CEO Jen. Uh, my mom, who goes back and forth. My mom is not a party voter. She votes for a person. And mm-hmm. she, this year, was going to just go to the polls. And I really had to have a long conversation with her because I'm a lot more kind of protective of her health right now than she is. And I guess you could say my siblings. That's I'm not putting them on blast. It's just, it's a different mentality sure. here right now mm-hmm. than coming from like ground zero. So long story short. Everywhere's ground zero now. Yeah, that's true. Long story short, I... I got her to fill out her Pennsylvania has like the security envelope and then the other envelope and then the this. Mm-hmm. So we I went to sign with the her. thing on the outside. Yeah. My sister went through it. We made sure we did it right. It took three of us. And then I was the person who got to walk it to the mailbox. So I got to do that vote. Jen and I did a drive by of our new polling place to make sure I'll get that vote. And you're going to you know, vote in person? I am going to vote the, in person. On day of? Nice. Yeah. It's just kind of it's fun. It's a mile from here. So. Uh, I will say this, you know, we had a long conversation in the last episode about politics and, you know, uh, our sort of bleeding heart liberalism. I'll say this, though, Keith, even though I have trepidation and anxiety and all kinds of existential crises taking place in my heart heart and soul over what's about to happen in a few days, Mm -hmm. what's awesome to me and what they can never take away, and trust me, they will try both sides of the aisle. Um, they will try to spin what I'm about to say. Already, already, an election day is days away for us. 60 plus percent of the total voter turnout yeah. last election cycle have already voted. Yeah, And I don't care what you say. I don't care what your argument is. I don't believe it. I believe that the more of our populace educated, uneducated, into politics, not into politics, that vote, the more I as a human being, regardless of who wins the elections, will sleep at night knowing that, well, this is actually what we voted for. Of course. Like, investment in what we're doing by everybody is is the only way that we're going to do this right. And, you know, when when you have, you know, 60% of the population not invested, Mm -hmm. no wonder it's not going to go well. Um, yeah, so we yeah, can disagree so with I'm our boy. With, by that too. I shouldn't say boy. I, we with our friend Mo from last week, uh, who's a, a different, who has different politics than us. For the for the for for some things, I'm sure we we can find tidbits of agreement here and there. But as long as we're standing in line together at the polls, you know what? I'll I'll offer you my hot dog. 
Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I ha- if I happen to have had <laughs> spare hot dogs, like that in my came out in, wrong <laughs> in my in my narrative, I was just like in line and I had a bunch of hot dogs from like a, a baseball stadium, and I was like giving them out. But I could see where that could you have been. You should not be offering your hot dog in the line. I mean, is that worse uh, than poll watching? If uh, I- yeah. It, well, it's it's a just a different type of proud boy. Okay. <laughs> well, not I so proud. One- well, proud pr- as we discussed on last week's pod. Also, not not so proud boy. Oh my. Well, I I will say this. I do have one last election thing that I'm kind of proud of. Okay. And that is, uh, in Philadelphia, there has been one vote cast for yours truly. But someone wrote you in? Somebody wrote me, my my sister-in-law wrote me in because there is a there's a local race there that I, I I can't really get into but but there's a there's a good reason not to vote for the person on our side in a small local race in Philadelphia so I was written in and she took a picture of the ballot and sent sent it to me so I got one vote in Philadelphia wow uh, I was I was very honored and touched so I, I don't think I'm gonna win but I did get oh man but that would really throw a kink in the works of your <laughs> of your plans coming up <clears throat> i just oh, bought man. a house you'd be taking the train like joey bide that's true uh, take take the amtrak i would i would uh, i'd love to do that i i'm not sure that the gig is that good it, it, it i wasn't exactly the mayor i've always wanted to be and comptroller comptroller <clears throat> that'd be amazing so uh if you have if you're li- listening to this on tuesday and you have not voted please participate in our democracy, participate in our future uh, so that we can hold on to it. Uh, please vote. If you have not voted, or if you have voted, thank you very much. And uh, let's all hope for, uh, on Tuesday, which is will be today for you guys, let us all at the very least uh, hope for peace and safety through this process, which is probably going to be scary. Uh, so everybody hang in there. Okay, let us move forward because I would like to uh, just say a little bit in our loudest segment, which we haven't, uh, which we did last week, because I have uh, I have something to talk about. In uh, nope, that's that's definitely the wrong uh, bumper, but this is the right one. I will put some sort of graphic in post because I wasn't uh, ready for this. I I tried to set it up. I, I always do more TV before filings because it feels like filings is more into the episode world. I just didn't even have the graphic uh, loaded into the OBS. So oh, well. Uh, I don't keep them all in there, Keith. I do it on a week-to-week basis. Oh, why, why don't you just keep them all in there? Uh, That's what I do with the bumpers. Have you seen the shit show that is uh, our podcast? <laughs> we have to be corrected every week. So <laughs> I, I try to limit... I try to limit the mistakes possible, but uh, yes. Well, <clears throat> I'm we'll get, always we'll get here. there. I'm always here to make more mistakes. Uh, so uh, one of the coming up on Monday, I am going to be uh, going it and shooting something because of Mr. Mike and Deglio. Yep, Keith got me a, uh, an agent for body hair, and I got him an actual <laughs> legitimate uh, internet airing. I don't yeah, know what but, to call it. 
Yes. Yeah, so I will be, uh, due to a friend of yours who's a casting director, you recommended me. There is a show on YouTube Premium called Retro Tech. Um, and it, it's a, uh, it's a it's a show about um, retro tech. Uh, the hey, first season, they talked about uh, like camcorders and Game Boys. And this season, they're going to talk more about uh, tech in um, sort of our culture and, and pop culture. So they're doing an episode on uh, transportation or teleportation. And so, of course, they're going to talk a lot about Star Trek. So I will be a talking head as a Star Trek expert uh, talking about teleportation on that. So that will be fun. I got my COVID test on uh, Thursday, which I I felt so swanky. Oh, so it's not, you don't have to beam in. You're going to go and sit in a studio? No, like we're going in, like going nice. in in, uh, in studio. So, so obviously I had to get a COVID test and I felt so fancy because they sent the nurse here to my apartment to do the test. And I'm like, wow, so like, they, I don't have to go. They just, wherever I am in the world, they're going to send someone to COVID test me. And then I realize as she walks into my shitty apartment that is filled with boxes in, like, my apartment is on the corner of Con Edison and a, and a live meat slaughter plant and a cardboard that box is, factory. That is 100% accurate. <laughs> and I realize, like, so this is probably, this is someone who COVID tests for, you know, TV stuff all the time film stuff so she's probably coming straight from like nicole kidman to <laughs> whatever this situation is live and chicken I felt, hut i felt much less fancy once oh, i was like funny. oh no that's funny oh my god so i will be heading out <laughs> to the studio on monday and uh i spent uh a good three hours freaking out obsessing about trying to find something to wear that didn't make me look like jabba the hut and it's just not gonna. This is not a good situation. See, I'm here. I can crop right from like from the. You gotta jowl. go blazer. I think you gotta go blazer, man. I probably will. Although they want casual, which is not good for me. Yeah, but you go jeans and a tee and like a Star Trek tee tee and I a blazer. I bought one specifically for this, but then I can't have anything with writing on it. So I've got. Could you just get like a Picard head? cardigan just yeah. just his head i could yes i could just wear just wear the head so i have a, <laughs> a a rubber patrick stewart and then a blob and then uh, mr varney we, we, we didn't request that you bring 400 action figures with you was that a personal choice I'm, or i'm surprised they didn't because you know when i, I did an, aud an audition like a 45 minute interview with the casting director and i'd like i brought out my action figures and it was really funny but anyway happily well, uh, do you, do we know when that season's going to drop? Because they generally drop those episodes all together. I have no idea. It's a really good show for anybody who hasn't watched. I actually watch it. I didn't know that's what I was recommending Keith for at the time. I, I don't know that I would have done so. I'm very protective of the shows I like. But. <laughs> it's with Marquise, right? Marquez. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's cool. Uh, yeah, and you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be watching your show, and then there's gonna be like Jabba the Keith. They're like Star Trek. Rah, rah, rah. Like we're gonna have to change the aspect ratio here. Go ahead and go, <laughs> zoom out to SD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, man, that's yeah. cool. I'm super pumped, and and it's nice during this like stressful time. I know you're getting ready to move and the election and all this stuff to have something fun to look forward to. And of course, like I I texted my my brother and my uncle. I'm like, so you guys uh, worked for 
decades, uh, you know, collected Emmys, did everything on this show. And I'm the blob talking head expert on it. It's going to be hilarious. Do you have I'm to like, take the subway? I'm writing, writing their sub or their coattails like you wouldn't believe. Uh, no, we're, we're going to drive out. They didn't send you a car? How dare they? I, they, they offered, but because, we, because I have one, it seemed a little, little silly. Oh, my God. Um, when you get pimped out, you got to take the pimp. Well, look, they offered transportation. I didn't know if that was going to be a car or a metro card. I wasn't going to risk it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Well. Anyway, 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 anyway. Keith, we're Let's... both YouTube stars now, so apparently, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I, I I don't know what to tell either. I'm going to get cut out of it. I'm not getting paid, so like I'm literally just doing this to add something to my meager IM, IMDb page. Um, All right. I was, I'm going to show you this, uh, since it's actually, we're shooting this on Halloween. So this yes. is when we're, and, uh, so last night, uh, I don't know if anybody caught the election special I game show hosted a few nights ago, but for that same company, I did a, a, a sla an 80s slasher live interactive thing last night. Oh, oh yes. Uh, which was pretty fun. And I got to play the harbinger of doom. You know, the guy in the first 20 minutes of the movie, who's like, um, don't go in there. You don't um, want to buy gas at this station. Right. So, but we had to do some promo shots. And this one is so choice. I should have loaded it up in the OBS, but I'm just going to show you on the on the camera here. Oh, Hopefully show me on the zooms. camera there. Oh, hold on. Let me zoom in. Let's see it. Let's see it. Focus. Focus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had the 80s ringer tee. I had a mullet. I had a that crucifix. It was really remarkable. Something. Yeah. So it's been a... You know, there's been at least fun stuff. I, I have to be honest. I have worked more during COVID than I think maybe in my 20 years living in New York. Well, So I don't know what that says about me <laughs> or <laughs> my skill set or... <laughs> well, it's at this stage, it's like uh, you get asked what tech you have first mm -hmm. <laughs> in the audition. And it's sort of like you, you got an agent because you've got back hair. and. Right. Uh, the tech it's the same thing here i mean i we're i mean jill's and i are doing the same thing she's doing a um uh one of those like live audio plays or whatever and part of her audition process now is proving that you have a decent mic that you can broadcast live without a whole bunch of sound interference yeah so great. crazy 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 invest crazy. in All that right. tech kids invest in your setup Totally. And invest in being a nerd in high school because it's finally paying off. With arms wide open. You know, it, it dawned on me the second mm. we stopped recording last week. Yeah. That my wife was going to listen to that episode. <laughs> I had that thought too. Luckily, has she listened yet? She has. She sure has. <laughs> she uh, mercilessly has teased me since. So. Oh my God, of course. I, I told Jill and she was like, he said that on air? Well, I get very, ca I get like, I get as if we're having beers and then forget that, you know, people are listening. <laughs> because, you know, up until recently, they weren't. So. No, I mean, I, I, I've always felt it was safe. Well, th that was the, the thing when my mother started listening. I was like, oh, shit, I got to go back to everything I've ever said ever in my entire uh, 170 hours of uh, recording this. 
Speaking of a podcast we do about something not about us, let's... Uh... Yes, let us hear from these people in a segment we call... Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas First off, Phoenix says, uh, Mike, congrats on the new series. I oh, can't hey, wait to... Can't wait to find out how Keith is going to make you regret ever having told him about it with all the new audio clips he is able to make. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I have so many hours of your audio, I could probably go into Pro Tools and make you say anything. It's That's if you could get Pro Tools to boot. Shut up. I just, we, we had to reboot before we did this. It took like 20 minutes. And speaking of things that I screwed up, this is this might be one of my favorite comments I, I've ever gotten on this. Well, hold on so, before you get there. Before you get there, let me. Yes. So uh, this you loaded up. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but I will oh, say okay. I should have. I just deleted it actually. So I will say that last week, you know, we've been trying. I've been trying to get my new apartment set up, and the audio is suspect. It's the point. The heat, what happens is we've talked about audio drift and audio sync and all that stuff a little bit. And when you're going over two hours of podcast, unless you're willing to like go 90 second intervals and like match up the frames 90 seconds at a time for two and a half hours, which I'm right. not willing to do. No. Uh, you know, there are mistakes. And last week I accidentally slotted in the bumpers in the wrong place and then tried to just kind of on the fly sync it up. But what I didn't realize I had done at the time is pushed Keith's audio like three seconds ahead or behind. I can't remember. And so, thankfully, uh, Phoenix, as a listener, like chimed in and was like, "Hey, guys, you, you you fucked up the audio." So I go back to fix the audio, and then I have to like resync it, and I'm freaking out because it's Tuesday, and I already pushed out the audio, and I've got to like pull it back and read, and I'm like freaking out, like, "Oh, Mike, you really fucked up. Keith's gonna ride you." But then, riding in <laughs> on a on a golden stallion of retribution <laughs> and relief, pre retribution, because yes. I didn't even do anything yet. <laughs> So last week, we read uh, a comment on YouTube from Jorge, where he asked us if we were uh, willing to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, which, of course, we didn't pick up on it, but we just like took it at face value. Like, okay, sure, Jorge, like, we'll answer this question. We'll, we'll tell the truth. Sure, why not? And... He wrote in today, or not today, this this week, and he said, So, in case you're wondering, the oddity of my comment last week, do you swear to tell the truth, was my attempt at teasing you guys for misspelling the title of the episode on the slide. I was trying to nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but ended up looking like I have a tick instead. So it's Next a full time, two and a half hours of us talking with a typo directly below us. The ti- the title of the episode in giant font directly below us. Not only did we not catch it the first time around, we didn't catch it when he teased us about it. Or when I edited the episode, mm-hmm. when I put all of the posts into the episode, when I uploaded the episode, and when I watched it back three times on YouTube because I'm a narcissist and Jen likes to watch it. <laughs> Nobody the- saw that it said truth, unless uh, except for Jorge Novoa. So Jorge, next, Jorge, well, I'm sure everybody else noticed too. But. Yes, he says next time I'll just whip out the old red sharpie. 
Yeah, wow. When it comes to spelling, subtlety is lost on us. I can't spell to save my life. There's no spell check in Photoshop, which is, I think, the biggest problem uh, that it has because I do a lot of Photoshop and I can't spell to save my life. You know, I have the Although fancy... Although that's not like a... I know oh. how to spell truth. That's a typo, but still. I have the fancy OK Google machine that, you know, mm -hmm. like listens to all my... Basically is probably why I'm hacked all the time. Because you have you have set up like military surveillance on yourself. <laughs> There's cameras in every room in your house. You've got 16 different things listening to you. It's I don't know what and, and I know and I know you and you should not be surveilled, sir. <laughs> you know, but I but I Keith, I'm a sucker for a good deal. It was like three cameras for 40 bucks. I, okay, I got to I have to buy it. Yes, um, well, Putin sold you really well. He's like, it's true. I give you a good deal. But that's all. I use Google to tell me the weather and to spell shit for me. That's it. Hey, Google, how do you spell such and such? How do you spell truth? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, Though okay. I don't have a Google machine in this room because this is now the room where I will, I guess, watch pornography. So uh, I can't have any Google machines in here. Great. Well, uh, as Jillian would say, I can't believe you said that on the air. Can't wait to hear Jen's reaction to that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let us move forward. I'm blushing. Into the... T you are. Look at you. We're going to hop back into the time machine. Okay. And we are going to talk about November 19th, the year 2000. In a segment we call This Day in the Basement. Oh man, you're 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 what happened? I refuse to stay in the boxes you create for me, Mike. All right. Well, there I am. Okay, so what was going on November 19th, the year 2000, out in Philadelphia, Mr. Indaglio? Well, I was 20 years old now, so I'm a I am moving and shaking, Keith. You are moving, moving and, shaking. and shaking the back of your, uh, uh, was a Hyundai Elantra? No, that's our uh, my Honda my Honda Prelude. Your Honda, you were moving and shaking the Honda Prelude. Well, with. I just celebrated a birthday, and uh, my girlfriend at the time she was now celebrating birthday. We were both Scorpios. That never really works out well. Uh, also, by the way, uh, Obamacare or Biden Care, whatever you want to call it, the open enrollment for the health exchange does start tomorrow. So if you're uninsured, uh, get in on that. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I have to switch to Jersey in a month. Yeah, I just got a, an update telling me to get insurance or you'll die. I literally put that in my calendar. Um, Good. So uh, it was her birthday. And man, you ready for some cheese? Get out the crackers because there's some cheese coming. You'll recall that cheesy, cheesy tune I played for you a couple weeks ago. Oh, yes. We enjoyed well, it. Yeah, I invited her at the time. This is before I gave the song away to another couple. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I invited her uh, out, and we went to like out to dinner, and then we walked to this like cafe called the Grey Dog Cafe. It was in, um, what's the name of that town? It was on the main line. It was on the main line in here in, uh, outside of King of Prussia. I can't remember the name of the town. That's going to bug me. Anyway, uh, and we go into this cafe. We're having a coffee or whatever. And it turns out that there was an open mic there that night. And I had already signed up for the open mic. So during our coffee, oh, I got, like, got up yeah. and played the song for everybody. That's so cute. Yeah, so that's what I'm I was assume, doing. I'm assuming this is what you sang. Close my eyes. 
Kill it. Kill it. Uh, too much already. <laughs> that was definitely real Creed, right? Yeah, that was, that was real Creed, but it was live, so I'm assuming hopefully YouTube won't scrape us on that. Um, so yeah, I played it, and uh, it was awesome because uh, it it like went really well, so I got both the sort of like the kudos from the crowd, and uh, also, you know, she was like into it, like all melty and stuff, so. Oh, you, oh you don't got, worry. Don't worry. She's going to dump me in about three months. So it's all you good. got affirmation from the crowd and affirmation in the back of your car later. Yeah, I, I don't you really, really like to set up me having sex in my car, which almost never happened. <laughs> well, look, you're the one who told the story, not me. You know, so now that you brought it up, I did one time have sex in my car and I got a park ranger came and knocked on the window. And told oh us to get God. the hell out of there. And that was the last time that ever happened. Was this the Creed time? It wasn't the Creed time. It was actually no. like around this time. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I, I can say I've never done that. It, it, unless you have a big car, it's not really worth it, in my opinion. But, you know. Well, <clears throat> you never know. Never know. Okay. Well, look, life is, life is long. There are still more opportunities. Keith, I have a really interesting picture you sent me, so I'm curious to see where what happened this day in the basement for you. So let's go to Keith Varney. What's going on, Pussycat? Yes, well, I I was, as I typically do when, for this day in the basement, I search around for old photos to try to jog my memory of what was happening then. And in my uh, mother's drop box, I found this picture of my cat, Charlie, that was taken exactly this day. Uh, hey. November nineteenth, the year two thousand, and I, I will, I'll, I'll talk about Charlie later at some point. But he was like my best friend growing up, and let's the, give Charlie uh, his due. Then he was, I mean, he was such a great cat. We got him as a as a kitten. He was a barn cat up in Vermont, and he's a big giant. Uh, he was an out, you know, indoor outdoor cat in Vermont, so he had sixty acres to run around and kill things on, and he was the. Uh, yeah, he was like he a. He looks like a, a big boy. He was a big boy. He was a big boy and a dear friend to me, and uh, so I was just so happy to see Charlie on things. And uh, yeah, so he was at this point. He was already 15, 16 years oh, so old. So Charlie got a good run. He got a full run. Oh, Charlie got a hell of a run. Yeah, no, I mean he he was um, he lived I think nineteen, and he spent the last year of his life completely blind and completely deaf. Sheesh! But he just refused to go he's like you know what i'm going i'm i'm I, I as long as i got something to eat and someplace warm i'm good to go and he was uh he was a, he was a really really cool cat and he didn't like anybody but me which was which was nice i like that yeah so, that's, always, that's how my my little guy is although he likes dudes in general so oh yeah Didi and i get along great <clears throat> yeah he's, he headbutts me every time i walk in the door it's great yeah he's something he's missing you man you'll have to come and visit soon I yeah well someday when visiting is ever on the table again. That's true. Yikes. Anyway, so uh, shout out to Charlie. I just I, I the picture was taken that day, and I'm always happy to see him. We dedicate oh, this episode to good old Charlie. To good old Charlie. All right. It is now time to talk about. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. 
All right. We are talking about November 19th, the year 2000. The number one song was Independent Woman, The Destiny's Child. This is a, uh, a recent cover done with COVID protocols. Everyone's uh, split screen. They sound great. The cover of the Burlington Free Press, of course, continued the saga of the 2000 election, which we're probably about to get into, just scarier. Uh, the cover said, legal arguments sharpened. Oversee ballots boost Bush to 930 vote lead. So we were literally chipping away vote by vote in Florida. Weeks into it. The top movie was How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which took in $55 million. You know, I don't think people appropriately appreciate whenever you see all these covers and stuff that are taking place with protocols or on TV, like people performing together or whatever, none of that is happening live. All of that has to be synced up by somebody because of the oh, of Zoom course. delay. So, like, it takes an incredible amount of work to do all yeah. of those things. Well, because you're not only syncing audio, you're also syncing video, which is mm -hmm. sort of independent from the audio. That's a, yep. an achievement. So, congratulations uh, on that. Okay. Now, it is time for... It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. sports. The New York football giants dropped their second straight game to the Detroit Lions at Giants Stadium. Charlie Batch threw three touchdowns for Detroit, while Kerry Collins' 350 yards and three total touchdowns were not enough to get the win. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia football Eagles pulled ahead of the Giants with a 34-9 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Former Giant disaster Dave Brown came in relief of Jake Plummer and still sucked. Uh, nothing much has changed, Keith. Uh, I, I meant to bring it up two weeks ago. When was it mm. we played each other? Oh, yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. And it was just disrespectful to football, how bad both of us are. Uh, your quarterback had an 80-yard dash for the end zone and tripped on his own feet, in fact. Well, I, 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 it's a conspiracy. I think Philadelphia painted three layers of paint on the Ted yard line to, mm -hmm. intentionally to trip him. Yep, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's definitely something we would do, actually, <laughs> legitimately. So. Oh, for sure. That is just like the most Philly thing you could ever do. The uh, the thing that's not Philly is that it worked and it didn't and it tripped us and not them. Yeah, it still was a one point game, which unbelievable. I I was so glad we were able to rescue ourselves from a victory because yeah. I want that first pick. <laughs> no, you're gonna blow that too somehow. Uh, we sure. Well, let's just jump right into the episode. Let's skip any of the other things that I have prepared. I definitely prepared them. I, both I'm segments, the weather being. segment. God yeah. damn it. My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay, this episode entitled Brothers Keepers, Season 5, Episode 7, was written... And this is pro probably the most convoluted writing credit that we've had thus far on The Practice. It has a teleplay by David E. Kelly and Alfonso H. Moreno, a story by Moreno, Peter Blake, and Adam Armas, Nora and Nora K. Foster. Peter Blake last wrote on Officers of the Court, and Adam Armas and Nora K. Foster are partners who wrote on Till Death Do Us Part. So we have two teleplay writers and... Four story writers, 
Wait, so, can, you expl- can you explain that, Keith, as a writer? Like, why are there not teleplay credits on every episode? Uh, well, because written by is inclusive of the teleplay and the story. Okay. So you only need to differentiate when the story, i.e. like, hey, what if Bobby blah, 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 and the actual dialogue written are done by different people. So this huh. is quite the committee episode we have going on here. But it is directed by Arvin Brown, who last directed Summary Judgments, which leaves us with only one more thing to do before we talk. We watch the episode itself. What is that supposed to be? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? Yeah. What? What? What, what does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? It's a good question, Jimmy. It's a good question. You know, something mm, in our fridge mm. smelled nasty last night. I thought it was the milk. I thought it was the curdled milk. Then I sniffed mm, it, and mm. it smelled okay to me. So, uh, uh, spoiler alert, it was this bag of spinach Jen bought. Oh, the spinach meant the spinach will get you. Because we yeah. keep ordering spinach and forgetting to eat it, and it is bad news. It's like it the broccoli. bad news. Yeah, there's a place called Produce... Produce produce junction down the way and uh it's so cheap jen was like i bought a five pound bag of spinach i was like that's a problem because i can give you two fistfuls of spinach in my smoothie and that's probably it for the week but right yeah and that and and when the spinach goes it's not a you throw it out it's like you throw it out you close the bag you take the bag to wherever the bag goes you fumigate the fridge you hope to god it goes away it's not good it's not good well that's where we're at that's why uh i haven't been in the fridge in a while (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it like turns to soup yeah anyway oh. um brother's keeper well uh keith's slate uh and as well as the the previously on remind me that we that ernie sabella was in the show at one point playing a, right. a haphazard lawyer who was in the case where they he asked us to see his client's dong Yes. And we went into chambers with Judge Zoe and we saw the dong there. And I think if I'm not mistaken, we saw the dong in the courtroom also. Was it a double dong? Uh, no, but they did bring the jury in to see the dong in the chambers. <laughs> okay. So it, it was uh, it was Kittleson who made us see the dong. Oh, in a the different courtroom. dong. Ah, uh, yeah. Different Sometimes dong. I, I confuse the dongs. Ding dong indeed. Yeah. So... And I also in your slate. Let me let's pull it up actually, since uh, since we're talking about it. Yes. So I'm gonna go ahead, Brothers Keeper here, and this isn't. I know this is the season of big swings, but yeah, you better better do a big swing. So I'm gonna start with. It's a Eugene and Ernie kind of case, but I'm gonna say. Er, they are not in competition. I'm going to say, that. Ernie has gotten himself into some trouble. Okay. Uh, and since they went to such a such lengths to bring up the dong, I'm going to say that this is a another dong, a ding dong repeat episode. <laughs> er- a triple is, dong. Ernie's gotten into some trouble with his dong. Perhaps uh, he exposed himself somewhere. In fact, not perhaps. Ernie exposed himself somewhere for some reason. Mm-hmm. And has been arrested for indecent exposure and or something more nefarious. And Eugene draw the short straw. He got lojacked. 
and has to defend. I don't, I don't think Eugene has a, a short straw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he got Lujak, let's say. And he has to defend Ernie's uh, Pumbadong from <laughs> some sort of indecent exposure. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know what your like falling star plus sign here is, but uh, we're going to find out, I guess. Yeah. No, I'll be curious to see if you figure out what that means. Okay, well, so there's only one way. Was that a big enough swing? Er, I think Ernie Sabella's dong is a pretty big swing. It's a it's a specific swing. I don't know if it's a big <laughs> swing, but it is a specific swing. I mean, for all we know, it could be like a short and stubby swing. We don't know. <laughs> we we might later. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Well, oh, it, it angles down and finishes <laughs> in a plus. Oh, oh, god damn it. Uh, so yeah, there's a QR code uh, in the shape of Ernie Sabella's dung on the screen currently. <laughs> if you'd like it's to black and white square, if you'd like to listen to us on uh, the YouTube talk about the episode, we'll uh, we'll be there waiting for you. Hey guys. It's Keith. Guess what? Mike doesn't know we're talking right now. I'm going to slip this into the episode, hopefully after he stops editing it. So, if you remember, a couple of months ago, Mike went crazy for my 40th birthday. And guess what? In a couple of weeks, it's going to be Mike's 40th birthday. So, I've set up a secret account to send him happy birthday messages. You can email me or send a voice message or whatever. You can send it to happy40mike at gmail.com. That's happy40mike at gmail.com. Let's send him into his 40s in style. Bye. Season 5, Episode 7, Ernie Sabella's Dong. Ding dong, indeed. Brother's Keeper. (laughs) Oh, Helen's back from her movie. Oh, hey, Helen. Okay, We face one last motion to dismiss by the defense. Assuming we get by that, the trial will start tomorrow. We will get by it, right? I hope so. There's a chance this may not even go to trial. Look, I haven't met all of you, but as I've explained to your husband and son, this is a very uphill battle. We're prosecuting one man for murder that another man committed in a foreign country. But the other man was his brother. I understand, but... We've only gotten so much cooperation from Pakistani authorities, and I've received no help whatsoever from our own federal government, which prefers I back off this altogether, and quite frankly, our case is weak. Okay, so <clears throat> if, I've, if I've gotten this correct, Ernie Sabella went to Pakistan <laughs> and murdered his, brother, murdered his brother with his dong? Yes, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Yes, that's exactly right, Mike. I should have. I should have said that in my prediction. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you think he's going to get away with it? I'm oh hey, for this one, yes. My word. Oh my God, it's the leader of the Avengers, Agent Coulson, who's also married to that you know, like pretty cute girl. <laughs> what? Uh, guys, that is Clark Gregg, of course, who is Agent Coulson in the Marvel Universe. 
He was also in Labor Day, The New Adventures of Old Christine, 500 Days of Summer, The West Wing, and We Are Soldiers. It's, it is pre-Avengers Clark Gregg. Who's he married to, though? He's married to somebody famous, right? Uh, let me look it up. So we well, can... Uh, it's, I think it's Ernie Sabella, isn't it? Yeah, well, his dong. Yes. Uh, it's Jennifer Gray. Things Craig. got a little oh, tougher yeah, this Jennifer week. Jennifer Gray, that's right. The defendant switched lawyers, and his new lawyer is very tough. I'm, I'm not recommending oh, a plea. Surprise. I'm just saying it's an option. Why would I ever agree to a plea? I'm saying conspiracy, not... I had nothing to do Nobody with puts it. Bobby in the corner. You can't condemn a man for the actions of his brother. The jury could very well think you were involved since it was your own brother. Well, that's wrong. I didn't do it. They have no evidence. Give me one single reason why I should even consider a plea. I'll give you three. You're Pakistani, the victim was American, and this is Boston. And Boston is super racist. Wait, so... Somebody got murdered in Pakistan. That's right. By his brother? That's right. And he's being prosecuted for it. Do we, who got murdered? Did we hear that? And I talked about Ernest Bell's dong? Uh, but it was not Ernie Sabella's dong. Surprisingly, uh, it was his wife. Which I don't I don't know if we've said that specifically yet, but I believe so that Bobby's Helen was client, meeting with his wife's family who are prosecuting him. Bobby's client's wife was murdered in Pakistan by the client's brother. Yes. Huh. And the family is prosecuting the American brother. That's right. Well, that's interesting. If we win the motion, it's over. We'll be back before noon. If we lose, trial starts immediately. What do you think? The law's on our side. We just got transferred to Kittleson, so I'm optimistic. We're becoming a niche practice. Husbands who kill wives. And Judge He's Kittleson, innocent. our cup He's runneth over, Keith. Hello. Indeed. Good morning. Eleanor is positively glowing. She got a date. Killer leather jacket. Love it. What's going on? Killer. I didn't want to say anything until... But now, there's really no reason not to. Um, I'm pregnant. Woohoo! Zero celebration and just Very looks. funny. I am. Oh, she shit. is. Oh. I, I didn't want to jinx it before the amnio results came back, so everything's fine. I'm, I'm four months, and I'm going to have a baby girl. Aww. <laughs> Who's the father? Actually, I'm keeping that confidential. He's basically just a sperm donor. And I'm going to be a single mom. He dresses up like a nun. It's, it's, it's a long wow. story. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. Eleanor. It's fabulous. And Lucy. You're going to be a mom? Yeah. Okay, Way so let's find everybody, Jimmy. you know, well up. Really figured it out. Um... Uh, Harlan Bassett to see Eugene Young. Is he available? There's Ernie. Um, I hope that we address how shitty that was. Yeah, that was super shitty by everybody. Ex- except for Lucy and Rebecca-ish. And Rebecca. Yeah, but they were both like reluctantly human. Where the rest of them were just total dicks. Jimmy, it's somewhat in character because I feel like probably the sperm donor thing it goes against his conservative principles. Right, right. Dumb, dumb Jimmy's going to have to learn a lesson right. now. This is, it's one of those episodes. Eugene. The pants. Colin. Remember me? Get it? 
Eugene the Pants? Uh-huh. No, you, I don't get it. You don't get it? Eugene the Pants? Huge in, huge in the Pants? It's a dick joke, Keith. I'm trying really hard here. <laughs> I got a very big dick. <laughs> She's my niece, so naturally I have a vested interest. Besides her being innocent... Is it a burglary? No, no, no. Just shoplifting. Uh, it's a false ID, Eugene. I swear to you, this security guard has it all wrong. Emma. Uh, hold on. Harlan, are you being ordered by the court again to have co-counsel present? No. Then why? I mean, it's a shoplifting. But it's also my niece. And I've hit an unlucky patch since the last time we were at trial together. Uh, my malpractice carrier has ordered me to... Advise all my clients that I have never won a jury trial. You've Ouch. still never won. I won some bench trials, but with a jury, I, I need to get one under my belt, Eugene, and not just because I love my niece. So Eugene's also, not representing him. He's co-counseling again. It's tough to again. recruit new business with this mandate from the carrier. It's a two-day trial, tops. I know I'm asking a lot. I need to get a W. You know what happens when you get your first W, Keith? You join the cast full-time, so... That's true. There is no basis in law for these charges. A defendant can't be an accessory before the fact to a homicide that happened in a foreign country. If there's a kidnapping with the intent to kill, we can absolutely assert jurisdiction here. But she wasn't kidnapped. She went to Pakistan on vacation. He tricked her. She thought she was going on vacation. He already arranged for his brother to have her killed when she arrived. Are you serious? I take it you've tried extraditing the brother. To no avail. Approach. So this is such a big... This oh, seems a bit much. Agreed. Why are you doing this? Your Honor, look out there. That's her family. How can I not do it? One of them's an I Avenger. I can't say I'm overwhelmed by the merits. But there's enough to go forward. There's nothing to go for. Defendant's motion to dismiss denied. <coughs> Bring in the jury. So, <coughs> jeez, coffee went. Don't die over there, jeez. <coughs> oh boy. Um. So, is this like? A, did she cheat on him? Is this like a one of those mercy killing? Or because that is part of that uh, that culture, no? Well, we're we're yeah. We'll we'll have to have to get into it because at this point in the story, we don't have any reason why, and okay. also no evidence whatsoever tying uh, the brother to anything. But we'll get into it. I think I've mentioned on the pod before. If not, I'll reiterate. Uh, it's always so funny a beat change here for me because I, I get very serious. But I work for the. Uh, a women's rights organization called Equality Now. It's a really human rights organization focusing on uh, trauma and abuse of women uh, culturally around the world. And the majority of my time there, I worked with the female genital mutilation uh, campaign as well mm. as uh, getting Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabian women the right to drive as well as uh, a huge amount of the lawyers there worked on cases involving these types of uh, legal murders uh, for adultery, so honor killings. Yeah, really, really fucked up, and and nothing has changed too drastically since uh, 
2000. Hmm. I don't think it was mistaken identity, counsel. Your client is slightly distinguishable. How so? She's the, the size of a cottage. Oh. No offense. Offense taken. Is that how you picked her up? So. Her size? No, her face as well. In fact, I'd first ID her face from a Roberts. picture where you couldn't even see her girth. A picture? You picked out a mugshot before the lineup? She didn't have a mugshot. This is her very first arrest. The DA showed me just a regular picture. It wasn't a mugshot. You saw this photo before the lineup? Look, counsel, she's the one I saw lift the merchandise. You think you can shake him? I'm hoping it won't even come to that. What do you mean? I think we should bring a motion to dismiss on the basis that the ID was tainted. Good idea. Yes, I thought you'd like I'll it. I'll tell you this right now. I would watch the hell out on of September a On September 14th, I examined a body Absolutely. that had arrived from 100%. Pakistan. 100%. Did you make an identification of this body? Yes, through dental records, I established that the body belonged to Julie McGrath. This is Ryan Katrona back as the... The only pathologist in Boston. Oh, shit. So they burn her? Is this how Julie McGrath's body arrived from Pakistan? That's correct. What did your examination reveal? There was carbon monoxide in her blood and soot in her lungs. Also, tests revealed gasoline residue all over her tissue. Please, doctor, in layman's terms. She was soaked with gasoline, set on fire, and then burned to death. She was burned alive? Yes. Nothing further. Mr. Donald? No I mean, question. The murder was gamble? horrible. Commonwealth Cause Detective Michael McGuire. We received cooperation from the Yay! Lahore Police Department in Pakistan, and they provided us with the details of their investigation. Detective, what did the Pakistanian investigation reveal? That it was a homicide committed by Javed Sharif, brother of the defendant. Was he arrested? Bam. Yes, he was. Did he make any statements? He did. He confessed to the killing, said it was done to protect his brother's honor. How did setting Julie McGrath on fire protect the defendant's honor? Ms. McGrath had evidently engaged in an extramarital affair. Adultery is considered a serious breach of a man's honor in Pakistan. In his confession, Mr. Sharif said he set Ms. McGrath on fire to avenge his brother's disgrace. It was an honor killing. What do you mean, honor killing? In Pakistan, there's an ancient tribal custom. A man's honor is linked to his possessions. Gold, land, women. Exposition for a television Was Javed Sharif yeah. ever prosecuted for this murder? No, he was not. Why is that? According to the Pakistani government, the defendant invoked Kisas. What does that mean? Kisas is evidently an Islamic doctrine, which is actually law in Pakistan. It allows the heirs of a murder victim to pardon the murderer. Mr. Sharif here is the heir and, in fact, pardoned his brother. So the defendant pardoned the man who set his wife on fire? That's correct. Thank you, detective. Which, all of this is, I mean, the, 
murder was horrific. But I'm Under Pakistani law, Detective, what would have happened to my client's to brother? Yeah. Had he not been pardoned, he would have faced death by hanging. So the only way for my client to spare the life of his brother would be to pardon him altogether? Yes. And, Detective, is there any evidence of my client directing his brother to commit this crime? Not to my knowledge. Is there any evidence that my client knew this crime was going to happen? Not to my knowledge. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it seems that cut and dry to me. Right, so, like, why are we here? I mean, it's obviously what happened is horrible, but, like, why are we here? Well, that's that's a much more existential question. You want to do the talking? I think it would be nice. Because if you win this motion, I'll still be denied my jury win. All rise. Oh, no. You know, I love Ernie, but this feels like a, a beat we've trod before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're certainly, there's, there's a level of exposition happening here, too. Because, you know, uh, Harlan Bassett has only had one episode thus far. Mm-hmm. So if you if you happen to have missed that episode, you wouldn't know who he was. So I get why they have to sort of like lay the the groundwork again. Uh, but yes, this is definitely a you know a series of beats we've seen before. What's she doing here? And it's Judge Hiller. Oh, she's the only the only two judges. She's like, Only I guess I'm going to see a doctor. Two judges, two detectives, one pathologist, two DAs. Nola Boston. She just got up and left. <laughs> Mr. Young, Chambers. It's almost like she doesn't want to see. I uh, can't the tell him not to again. talk. It's his case. I don't care. After what he did the last time. He is an embarrassment. It's his niece. I don't think he'll... He introduced a penis as evidence after he had it altered. Your Honor, I I will do my best to contain him. And I think he fully appreciates your wrath over what happened the last time. And it should be a very quick trial. Well, I will hold you responsible for any antics, counsel. You're on notice. We'd been seeing each other for about three months. Then what happened? She broke it off. She wanted to work things out with her husband. Tim Ryan? This man? Yes, that's her husband. Did you ever have any encounters with this man? Yes, when he learned of the affair, he basically accosted me. How did he accost you, sir? I was leaving work. He approached me in the parking lot and threatened me. Could you describe the threat? It's pretty vague. He he just said, stay away from my wife. Colin Taylor collecting that paycheck. In what I perceive to be a threatening tone. Did he say anything else? Yes. He said in his country, people were killed for committing adultery. I take it when he said this, he was very upset. Yes. He had just found out that you'd been sleeping with his wife for three months. That's correct. This was an angry husband blowing off steam, wasn't it, Mr. Miller? Well... Did you report him to the police? No. So you didn't perceive that remark to be a threat on either your life or the life of Julie McGrath, did you? Not at the time, no. Let's simplify this a little bit. <clears throat> I'm sorry to make it so real. Everything I'm about to say here is completely fictitious, P.S. 
But let's say here in America, not even crossing country lines, right? Um, we find out that uh, um, let's make up a, a third party friend of ours, Keith, uh, named okay. Charlie. Leave okay. my cat out of this. And we find out that Charlie's wife, Charlie comes to our weekly poker game and Charlie is all distraught and upset and so, and he's saying that uh, his, he found out his wife's having an affair and he's right. like, I'm so mad I could kill her. Uh, my God, this ruins my life. I wish she were dead, all kinds of things. You and I taking them upon ourselves. This is based on the evidence we've seen so far, P.S. Right. You and I are like, oh man, he's really upset. He says that she, she, she should be dead. Like she'd be better off. He, he, he'd be better off if she were dead. And you and I go out and kill Charlie's wife. Right. Is Charlie culpable for that? Just because he was saying he, she should be dead. Well, I don't. And I, I think this is where we get into sort of dicier territory based on um, the the religious aspects and the and the it being Pakistani. And it's, it's also one that I, I find, I, I feel unqualified to speak on a great deal because I don't, un, you know, like it's, it's not something that I know <laughs> as enough about to really say how realistic, how reasonable is this in terms of a, an inference there, because there's clearly a racial element to it. There's a religious element to it. There's, we're playing with the stereotype. Yeah of the most extreme version of it. And I imagine that, you know, if we had somebody from Pakistan on, they'd be like, okay, sure, this does happen sometimes, but it's also like we're thinking that all Americans are have the same beliefs as the Klan or the same beliefs right. as Christian <clears throat> scientists or something like that, that it, it is sort of like a dangerous stereotype to be putting out there. Um, based on some, you know, some obviously some anecdotal evidence, which is, I mean, clearly this is happening in places, but it's, I, I don't, I don't know. It feels a little dicey. Yeah, it almost seems a little written in reverse, right? Like, hey, we want to talk about, we want to use the mercy killing, the Muslim mercy killings as like a focal point. How can we uh, reverse engineer that to an American case? Right, and it's also, it, it is that type of a thing associating it with that faith you know it, it happens but it is also not the vast majority it's it, nothing nothing to do with it i mean it's the same thing with you know the extreme sects of christianity or or any religion there are you you have pieces of it that are super extreme and and brutal like this but the vast majority is nowhere near in this ballpark so and I wish that got addressed a little bit more. So I don't want to be personal, but um, was this artificial insemination or the old-fashioned way? Oh, Lucy. You know, Lucy, despite our deepening friendship, I'm going to choose not to answer that. And now that I saw you blow off Lucy, I'm going to come and talk to you about it. Aren't you a little scared, Eleanor? Raising a kid alone. You think it's right? Do I think Fuck it's off, right? Jimmy. Well, I mean, the wow. right thing with you working and all. You think it's right for you? Well, obviously, it is something that I've put a lot of thought into. Great. That's all I was asking. And congratulations. You know, I didn't get the feeling that you were asking anything, Jimmy. It sounded to me more like you were commenting. I'm sorry. 
if you get that impression. Right. I like Eleanor because she's at least got a sack on her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she doesn't take that kind of shit. <laughs> Priorities. Let's not let our hormones get the better of us. You know, fuck off Lindsay. It That's hurts. not yeah, okay. hormones. She's reacting completely when righteously you to this pregnant? shitty behavior. Yeah, we had a fucking party when Lindsay was pregnant, and everybody yeah. like basically did jumping jacks and cheered for joy, She's which like is what Jimmy... I'm expecting for my birthday episode next week. By the way, oh, oh, it's not next week. Two weeks. Two I weeks. mean, I I can't. I'm turning forty, Keith. I can't have two weeks. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> All right, listeners. <laughs> Send your He's pictures. expecting a lot. Everybody. All I asked for was a PlayStation 5, Keith. It's all I asked for. That's <laughs> literally all I asked for. And my wife was like, thought I was joking. And so now I have to make a plan to camp out at a Target. <laughs> if you happen to have a extra PlayStation 5 pre-order, you want to send my way. Oh, out of practice Lord. podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or uh, you can call me at 484. Practically jumped over the table. But with me, well, it is a little more unexpected with you. They'll Who celebrate cares if it's it. unexpected? Just give them time. You know, this woman has been attempted. Both of these women have attempted murder. They, uh, she was pity dating a psychopath. I mean, Eleanor finally gets a break and has some good news, and we all got to fucking give Everybody's her. Everybody's shitty uh, about it. Yeah. I expected to raise a few eyebrows with the people that I but I guess I consider the people here to be like family and I didn't think that I was going to have to give you all time to get over it seriously yeah really why not just be flush with happiness if for no other reason than because I am. Keith, if you told me you were pregnant today, I would be freaking out. Of course. Doesn't matter. Th I, and I it, don't mean your wife. I mean you specifically. Me, me personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look I, like it. Well, because in our metaverse, you, you'll recall, we've already established that male pregnancies are possible via Tom Brady. Of course. Naturally. Eleanor. Yeah, this is not a good look for anybody here. You just sprang the news this morning. Happiness is there. Trust well, me. Well, Lindsay's trying to be a good pal here and like buy some time so that she can tell everybody else to get their shit together. Hopefully. <clears throat> I guess. They can't. Somebody can't what go I get a cake. Is Jesus, the reason Bobby. the eyewitness picked my client out of a Little lineup fan. is because he was shown a picture of her by the district attorney. The witness was identifying the, the woman he saw in the store, not the picture. We can't know that. The witness maybe can't know it. He saw a familiar face. He made Eugene. It was improper, Susan. All you can't. Right. This was witness bolstering, Your Honor. <clears throat> First of all, this wasn't a mugshot. My client has no record. There is no mugshot. The district attorney took this picture out of my client's purse. I certainly did not. Then how'd you get it? The witness picked it up off the department store floor. It fell out of her purse when she was running away. Eugene did the know motion that. to dismiss is denied. Let's proceed with the trial. If you're going to be shoplifting and running, maybe don't have your purse filled with headshots, fam. 
Perhaps you should have filled me in on how they got the picture. However, if know. she is as large as they were saying... Get your niece in here, Harland. Shouldn't we we're be going congratulating her for running? We should be championing that. Look at the bright side, Eugene. I can still get my jury victory now. Yes. I'm trying to contain my delight on that. I was always close with my sister. We were only a year apart. We were, in many moment. ways, best friends as well as siblings. Did your sister confide in you that she was committing adultery? Yes. It was I who convinced her to be honest and tell him, Maude. I certainly regret doing that today. Why is that, sir? Because he had her killed. Objection. Sustained. Mr. McGrath, did your sister ever talk about her trip to Pakistan? Yes, she did. Could you tell us... Objection, hearsay. State of mind? I'll allow it. Damn right you will. Could you tell us what she said? That it was Imad's idea as a way of reconnecting. He thought it would be good to go back home, which she thought was a little bizarre. Why is that? Well, he'd always told her, and me too for that matter, that he didn't enjoy going home. He wasn't particularly close to his family. Then suddenly she's going there without him. Without him? Out of nowhere he has this project he needs to finish. So he sends her over and says he'll join her in a few days. That is weird. She never suspected he was sending her to be executed. Objection! Sustained! While he stayed here as an alibi. Objection! Sustained! Miss Gamble, control your witness. Mr. McGrath, after you learned of your sister's death, what happened? Nothing happened. The brother confessed, said it was an honor killing, and then nothing happened. Because that son of a bitch Objection He made sure of it Moses right. He didn't even go over there I will have you removed, sir Mr. McGrath Please You need to calm down He didn't even go over there My sister was burned alive Nobody did anything That's, that's the answer to your question, Miss Gamble The Pakistani police did nothing our government refuses to get involved, and nobody did anything. A beautiful woman was murdered, and nobody did anything. If she wasn't beautiful, I mean, I could understand, but, but she was beautiful. <laughs> if it was my ugly sister, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, she's a bitch. Have we IMDb'd up the... Uh... <clears throat> The defendant? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm waiting for his scene to introduce okay. him. Don't worry. I've seen him in like all the things. Oh yeah. My feeling is they have made their case, but I am concerned. Their last witness was extremely case. emotional. Who cares? My gut says put you up there. Beck? I think there's no question. The evidence may be thin, but they do have phone records if you're calling your brother. Yes, because I was about to visit. People call before... I'm just saying, it doesn't look good. Okay, now we can do it's it. It's going to be hard. Guy getting blamed for what his brother did. Guy, I've seen in all the things. This is Bernard White, who is also in the Avengers series. He's also in the Matrix series. He's on Kidding, Silicon Valley, Homeland, West Wing, Dragnet. Yes. And... Interestingly enough, this episode is entitled Brothers Keepers. His first IMDb credit is a short in 1984 entitled Brothers Keeper. Now, if you want to get super nerdy about it, 
the uh, apostrophe is on is in different places. So in the practice, it is brothers plural and then possessive keepers, whereas the short is brothers keeper single brother possessive keeper, which is why the apostrophe is on either side of the s. Well, uh, we all f- congratulate you on this uh, lesson on syntax. Uh, uh, after you couldn't spell the word truth last week. So that's uh... <laughs> hard for the jury to believe your brother risked burning your wife openly without some assurance of a pardon, particularly when the punishment is death by hanging. Do you think I'm guilty, Miss Washington? Well, my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I'm taking a poll. Yeah, good one. Zing. You pardon the man that murdered your wife. Could you kill your sibling? All right, look. In your testimony, I don't know if it'll be enough to simply denounce the murder. You have to condemn the idea of these honor killings. And it probably wouldn't hurt to distance yourself from your homeland altogether. I'm an American, Mr. Donnell. But I'm also proud to be Pakistani. I certainly won't denounce my native country. I'm just saying it wouldn't hurt. Ugly. I looked I mean, over. I don't find it that hard to do. Philadelphia is a shithole. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Riots. There's yeah, ice right. Balls. But Philly's a shithole if when you're talking to somebody from Philly. Yeah. But if true. you're talking to you know somebody here, talking to somebody in Boston who's shitting on Philly, you know you're gonna stick up for it because it's you're your right. home. You're totally right. In fact, I will say, I got to tell you, cats. Uh, since I've been home, or since I've been back here, even though I swore up and down I was going to start eating better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keith, for the two weeks I've lived here, I have existed on an, a strict diet of cheesesteaks. Oh, yeah. As cliche as it is, it is a different universe of cheesesteak. I don't well, even care. It, it's from the mom and pop shops around here. I'm just like, cheesesteak, cheesesteak. Jen's like, ah, I think I'm going to make XYZ for dinner. I was like, nah, I'm ordering a cheesesteak. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's it's so funny. Like, I, as a Philadelphia, Philadelphian in law, I've certainly had a cheesesteak or two. I always find them, I, they don't have as much flavor as I expect. Are you a Pats or a Geno's guy? Well, you're talking cheese whiz. I think if you move, Closer out to the burbs, you get it. Where you we 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 are more into the straight up white American cheese, and oh. a, a kind of a the different bread, the D'Ambrosio. I think you can't limit to those two. If you're going to be in the no, city, I think John's is the better of the of the three top. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it is all about the bread. Like the yeah. the what makes a Philly cheesesteak a Philly cheesesteak is. That incredible bread, and I, I'm with you on that. But I'm a, I'm a provolone guy. I don't oh, like God. the whiz. Provolone like the has zero cheat, has zero flavor. Provolone cheese. No, but it just needs to be seasoned. But I, I like I like the texture of provolone right. more than I do the whiz of the American. Time out, everybody. Uh, hey Jen, what do you think about cheesesteaks for lunch? <laughs> she said again. Uh. <laughs> and I saw her. She was stuffing software into her purse. You saw this woman. Yes, ma'am. That poor actress. And what happened 2000 next? Was a lot harder. I started to approach her. Came, software came she saw me box. coming. She appeared to know I was suspicious. 
All of a sudden, she just took off. She took flight? Immediately. And you couldn't catch her? Well, I inadvertently collided with another customer, and as a result, she eluded capture. Mr. Reddington, are you absolutely sure this is the woman you saw stuffing software into her purse? Absolutely. She's, She's even wearing the same yellow programs? dress. Mm -hmm. stealing, she couldn't uh, have come to court in a different outfit? <laughs> Mr. Young? On CD-ROM. Uh, yes, Your Honor. Fan? Your Honor. Actually, my colleague, Mr. Bassett, uh, will be conducting cross. How nice. What you got, Harlan? Mr. Reddington, are you certain this is the woman you saw? Yes, I am. Emma Luger, the very woman you picked out of a lineup? Correct. This is that woman you're absolutely sure? Yes. Positive. Objection asked and answered. Sustained. Nothing further. The witness may step Eugene down. Eugene is incredulous. Nothing further? It went well. Went well. You just got the witness to confirm the ID three more times. We represent the defendant. I realize that. Mr. Bassett, something to share with the court? Yes, Your Honor. At this time, I would ask that the real Emma Luger please stand up. Oh, he pulled the switcheroo? The switcheroo! That's the woman charged with the crime, Your Honor. The witness identified this woman here, <laughs> whose name is Marjorie Hooley. The theatrics. The theatrics! Yeah, Harland. I will see counsel in chambers. She, Zoe ain't happy. I love it. It was pretty effective, though. And justice demanded it. Justice demanded you commit a fraud on the court. The lineup was tainted as Miss Luger's attorney. Harland? Both of you are in contempt. Uh, I didn't know. I told you I would hold you accountable. You're in contempt. You have to declare a mistrial. Double jeopardy has been attached, Miss Alexander. She could walk with a mistrial. I would suggest you declare a mistrial on shoplifting. Hold the defendant in contempt of court as well as counsel and slap her hard. That's completely unethical. Oh, you're going to raise ethics. The defendant followed the advice of her attorney. You can't imprison her for sitting in the back of a courtroom. I think we should just finish the trial and all learn from our mistakes. <laughs> He's funny, man. This is what will happen. We will put both of those women at your table then allow the witness to make another ID. I will instruct the jury to disregard the first one. Well, that's some bullshit. That will be about steering the witness, Your Honor. Mr. Bassett, the court is not interested in anything you have to say. Get those women at your table. We will reconvene after lunch. Okay, once again, we've, we've, we've trod this path before. We've talked about this before, but I'm just going to say it because it's in my brain and that's how Mike operates. You can tell, you can instruct the jury however you want, but now if they put them both up there and have him re-ID, they're going to go back and deliberate, and they know what happened. Like his point yeah. was made. Well, oh, for sure, and and the and and but her point about double jeopardy is like why they have to keep going forward because they can't try her. You know, this. I guess she's saying that if there's a mistrial here. They can't try her again because it's double jeopardy, which I, I'm not sure if that applies. But I'm I'm sure it does. David E. Kelly's never lied to us before. Never once. The contract looks fine, as between you and the biological father. But 
Well, you don't have any authority to waive the child's rights. If she wants to sue for financial support down the road, you can't really contract against it. You didn't think of that? Shut the fuck up, Jimmy. You got something to say, Jimmy? All right. Nope. No, what the hell did that mean? L. He made a remark, Lindsay, and I'm going to address him on that. What's your problem, Jimmy? Okay. My problem is this single mother thing. More times than not, I think it's a selfish thing to do. Ooh. Is that right? Yes. Buckle up. You're kids. getting a child. Good for you. As for the baby, she's getting a life with no father. It's tough enough growing up these days with... I'm just saying, I don't think it's any coincidence when you drew up that contract there, you didn't once consider it from the child's side. We'll consider this, Jimmy. Go to hell. Fuck off. Which I know you believe in, given the origins of most of your beliefs. Fine. Insult me as a Catholic. All right, this discussion isn't necessary. No, I am insulting you as a friend. Somebody who I happen to love and somebody who I expect to be there for me. You know what? Forget it. Team Eleanor. Seriously. This is not a good color on our cast. And Bataluka is the only person who can really kind of pull it off so that he's so You didn't know what he planned to do. Set my wife on fire? Of course not. How did he find out about your wife's affair? I told him. I, I, I was very hurt about it, so I shared my... What was his reaction? He was angry, but he certainly gave me no indication that he planned to take her life. These honor killings, are they sanctioned by Islamic law? No, nor are they by Pakistani law. It's simply a custom, an ancient one, which is hardly ever practiced. The question becomes your brother. Did you know that he believed in honor killings? No. It, it was nothing we ever talked about. He's an educated man. He burned your wife. Friendly reminder. Yes. And you pardoned him. But it's smart tactics from Bobby to be the person doing this. Because he's my brother. I know his heart, and if, if I didn't, he would have been hanged. As much as I hate him for what he did, as much as I, I will never be able to forgive him. I couldn't sign his death warrant. Good performance from Bernard White here. We can agree to disagree, but if my brother killed my wife... Uh, I'd happily sit in the front row of the jury and watch them convict him. Well, yes, but I, I think what he's what he's saying is that if he's convicted, that means in Pakistan, that's an execution. So would you want him tried, convicted, and punished? Sure, but would you want him killed? That's a different podcast. <laughs> your brother decides to redeem you by burning your spouse alive. He doesn't check with you first to say, hey, do you mind? He knew I would have stopped him. Did he know you'd pardon him? No. He commits murder in front of a lot of witnesses with no assurance that you'd... That's right. Where is he now, Mr. Sharif? He's in Pakistan. 
So he'll burn a woman to preserve your honor, but he can't get on a plane and come testify on your behalf? If he came to this country, he'd be jailed for life. So he's letting you take the fall. He kills the wife, you take the rap. Getting convicted of murder, that's not a dishonor to you? In your country, it's not a disgrace to be a convicted murderer? Objection. Overruled. How about simply you know, committing here's a, here's murder? Here's the thing. Any dishonor? Because I think Helen brings up a, a point. I mean, obviously, he can't come and testify on his brother's behalf at this point. But couldn't he make a statement and, you know, either like a videotape statement or or a letter or something like that that says, my brother didn't know I was going to do this. He would never have wanted me to do this. Especially since he's already been pardoned, right? He's, he's already pardoned and he, and he never denied what he did. Why didn't he say, I did this entirely of my own volition. My brother had nothing to do with it. And here's the statement saying that, and which, of course, like Helen would say, he's lying. It's an, you know, it's he's defending his brother, or whatever. But at least they would have that there. Solid, solid, solid point, Keith. Mm. In that, your brother's even a hero over there, isn't he? Objection. What's the relevance? The relevance is this is win-win. One brother gets rid of a wife, while the other one gets to enjoy a hero status. Objection. Move to strike. My brother, a hero. The objection is sustained. Mr. Sharif, is it your testimony that knowing Pakistani culture, it wasn't at all foreseeable that your brother might attempt to kill your wife? Murder is not part of Pakistani culture, Miss Gamble. Wait a second. We're here today because a man's honor has been placed above a woman's life. It's an ancient custom. It doesn't reflect today's practice. Mr. Sharif, are little girls used to settle disputes in Pakistan? Again, you're talking about an archaic custom. Practiced by the same people that commit these honor killings. Objection, this is so far off track. Sustained. Well, Keep it about also, the case, like, Ms. Gamble. This is about... Playing on... On the fringe element. It, like, if this were reverse, right? We're watching the practice Pakistan. It would be like being convicted because of like the witch burnings in Salem. Like, yeah, yeah that did happen here, but your wife cheated on you and Catholic law, we should stone her or right. You, you ate fish on a Thursday or whatever. I don't, I, I'm not a very good Catholic. So no, I, mm -hmm. I, like there are religious zealots in every country, in every religion, in every region. And like this horrible stuff like this happens everywhere. And I think it's, you know, which is, again, not to in any way diminish the horrors of, of when this happens. And it does happen. It is absolutely despicable and horrible. But to let that feed into a stereotype, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's really dicey. We'll talk about it in spare tires. I think, yeah. what, I think what you're saying, unless something happens in the next 10 minutes, is that the case isn't particularly interesting, right? Because it, it's not nuanced. It's more about this, we're just like kind of shining a light on this practice. And I think there's more interesting ways they could have played with it. Like how about he was living in Pakistan and participated in a mercy killing or whatever you want to call it, honor killing and was uh, pardoned of it there and then moves to a, becomes American citizen and is accused of murdering his wife here and can we bring that other thing, you know, like there's other ways we could have approached this. I've yet well, to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually find the case interesting. I, 
I just wish that, well, I mean, I wish that somebody other than him were pointing out the, uh, uh, the sort of like the, the, the stereotype, the racial element, the sort of, um, boogeyman aspect of how he is being treated because he's Pakistani the case your honor he knew where he was sending his wife and he knew what would happen to her objection sustained mr sharif did you call your brother from the airport the day your wife flew out yes but i was and you called him again the same day your wife was set on fire with respect to my my brain is tired i'm looking for xenophobia what did he say i missed it and I, I I didn't yeah. hear because With I was With respect thinking, to my trip. The day your wife flew out. Yes, but I was... And you called him again the same day your wife was set on fire, didn't you? With respect to my trip. With respect to your trip. Like I have What's the reveal there? What am I missing? Well, Helen Helen is pointing out that he's in he's been in communication with his brother while his wife was heading out. But again, like she's she's making that sound all ominous. Like if I if if my wife went to go visit really my brother, I'd probably to talk to my brother. Like, hey, I'll be there next week. Do it. Well, I knew it was dicey. Like, I didn't want to get your hands dirty. You didn't want me to get my hands dirty. My hands are all over this, Harlan. Eugene. I'm here as a favor to you. you. You walk into my office, ask for my help, and this is what you do? Now, you may not care about your reputation, but I damn well care about mine. And sitting at the same table with you hurts my reputation. Can you understand that? You did that to me in there. That wasn't my intent. See this briefcase, Eugene? It's my office. I got evicted from. Hard to make a rent when you can't get a client. And you think acting like a buffoon will get you clients? I think if I can get one victory, and I can stop having to advise potential clients that I've never... It was worth risking contempt. When this case is over, don't you ever, ever come to see me again. Shit. You got that? Yeah, I think he's got it. Got it. Poor Ernie. Eugene doesn't like him, and his his dick is shaped like a uh, like a box. I mean, you could consider a, another line of work at that point. Did I miss something? No. Did you? But here's what you missed. The Commonwealth put in no evidence of any conversation between my client and his brother concerning the death of Julie McGrath. No evidence of any planning, 
any aid, no evidence whatsoever that my client knew it was going to happen. The prosecution's entire case is, gee, they were brothers he must have known. That's it. Ahmad I my brother's middle name half the time. here only out of frustration. They can't get and the real xenophobia. killer. A sympathetic family sits over there wanting justice. A frustrated district attorney wants somebody to pay, so it's let's nail the brother. You know, usually I find myself standing up here asking juries to analyze the evidence. Find not guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Here, there is no evidence. None. He's right. You want evidence? Yep. Been a wife cheats on her husband. A long time ago. Suddenly, he plans a trip to Pakistan. He sends her off alone. His brother kills her while he sits comfortably in the United States with an alibi. Then, pursuant to Pakistani law, he grants a pardon. And his brother completely gets away with it. Yes. It's a little frustrating. The murderer falls back on Pakistani law where this tribal Kesis thing can get him off. While the conspiring husband relies on American courts and takes advantage of our higher burdens of proof. This man comes from a society that treats women as commodities. A nation that burns bad wives. Now, nobody called the brother, right? Like the brother, they could have asked the brother, you know, did your brother, if right. there was no telephone records or no, if there's no evidence that the brothers conspired together, I mean, they could have tried to get the brother as a witness. I'm sure that's kind of tacit that that happened, but still, isn't our judicial system based on that evidence? Like hearsay right. isn't well, supposed her, to. Exactly. Her Her entire case is, your brother did a horrible thing, xenophobia. It feels to me like- That's it. As presented, and we talk about this all the time, as presented the case to us, it shouldn't really have even, it, does it suck that this woman would then no, get no justice? Yes. But it doesn't seem you like there's any evidence. evidence to like bring a case, right? No, the, the only evidence is inference. That's it. I'm surprised the judge didn't throw it out. In America, we don't I mean, do that. Would have been credits very early. We but. don't condone honor <laughs> killings. We don't consider any murder to be honorable. But that's not what this is about, you all girl. know what he did? Come back with a verdict, which reminds him what country he is in now. Wow! Yikes! America, America. Just. I hope you're watching this episode the... because she's and incredulous, as I said before, Bobby's incredulous, everybody's as incredulous. she saw me coming, she took off. I continued pursuit, but after colliding with another customer, she got away. And Mr. Reddington, one more time. I would ask you to identify for the court the woman you saw in the so store the that day. And the fake she's sitting the right defendant. there in the blue dress. Ooh, Mr. Reddington, again. I'd like you to look closely. Are you ah. sure the woman in the blue dress he had is them the one? Dresses. Absolutely. Sir, 
<laughs> One more time. Objection. That's her in the blue dress. Are you sure it wasn't me? <laughs> I'm directing a verdict of not guilty. Miss Lugar, you are free to go, as are you, Miss Blue Dress. I don't even know your name. <laughs> Bailiff, take Mr. Bassett into custody. Mr. Bassett, Zig, I sentence zing. you to 15 days in lockup for contempt of court. Sentence to begin immediately. Days? Two weeks? She puts Ernie away? Yes, we did. This counts. Yeah. It's a jury trial. Way to go! It counts. Way to go, Pumbaa! Thank you, Eugene. Sure. He's got to go to jail for two weeks? <laughs> yeah. Eugene looks remotely pleased. Hilarious. Oh, we got to have the the Jimmy Mia Culpa now. Yeah. Come on, dum-dum. Learn something. The truth is, I do have a problem. Let me say my piece before we even get to it. Okay. Look, piggybacking on our conversation with Mo last week, once again, Jimmy is entitled to his beliefs. Absolutely. In fact, Jimmy can believe them deep to his core. It doesn't even matter. But Eleanor's point is the sound one. You don't, you don't, come to your best friend and lay your beliefs on her just to make her feel shitty. It wasn't like he was trying to change her mind. It wasn't like it was important to him to speak right. his, to like, yes. to, to defend the honor of this unborn child. He just used it to make her feel shitty or himself feel superior, which is the, the antithesis of what friendship is. Right, Part no, exactly. Of, it, it, it's like, instead of like, it's just like, I know that you're going to do this and I'm not going to, nothing I can do to change it. And, you know, in the end, of course, I'm going to support you. But I just want you to know I'm judging you. Right. For no, yeah. to accomplish nothing other than being shitty. With the single mother thing, as an ideal, like I said, the truth is I do consider us like family. And family members judge each other all the time. We're always in each other's business. I took the liberty of butting into yours because I do care about you, Eleanor. Hmm. You're like a sister to me. That's not an apology, by the way. It sure And is while not. I may have doubts about what you're doing, there should be no doubt that I will be there for you every step. You don't Whatever get this music. What no, you, say, you, you do, do not, not get, get the, the hero music. I object that. formally. That's some bullshit. I, I, I agree with his sentiment, but you don't earn this conversation with her either. No. He's no. doubling down. Agreed. Agreed. You don't get this. You don't get hero music for doubling down on being an asshole. He could have said the beginning sentence was good. I get, and then been like, and you know, but family is always supports, and it was wrong of me to stick my to to force my bullshit onto you. I should just, but know that I'll be there regardless of how I feel internally, and I'm sorry. Yeah. This isn't just hero music. This is like mean. patriotic hero music, and I appreciate that. But you're still an asshole. 
I wish you could see what I need right now is for you to share in my joy. But I'm not gonna, he's not gonna respond. Although they, sh I don't know, they took the foley out, so maybe he was saying something. Okay, here we go, verdict. David E. Kelly has not made his mind up about what he wants Jimmy to be. Mr. Sharif, please rise. No. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? Commonwealth versus Ahmad Sharif. Count one on the charge of accessory before the fact to murder. We find the defendant, Ahmad Sharif, guilty. What the fuck? Count two on the charge of conspiracy to commit murder. We find the defendant, Ahmad Sharif, guilty. Yeah, based on the Ask the court enter findings of not guilty on both counts, notwithstanding the verdict. Denied. Security, take the defendant into custody. We'll schedule sentencing later. Members of the jury, thank you for your service. We are adjourned. That's, that's fucked up. Bobby just stared down Helen. I need a second. Ex parte counsel. Oh, we're suddenly going to exalt the law? It would be a big mistake for you to come in here and insult me. Well, this seems to be the day for big mistakes. There was no basis for that verdict, and you know it. It was totally... You're going to tell me what I know? Let me tell you what I know. I've always known you to be a judge who's about the law. Despite all the wacky stuff you got going on, when you put that robe on, you've always been a judge. A good one. A fair one. You he pride yourself on that. Stuff, Where the hell was your pride you today? The district attorney delivered one of the most... You had crazy eyes? You gave men erections just with your pupils? You've done some crazy shit, Judge. But when we yeah. forget all of that, I'm going to put it aside. And I'm going to yell at you. Bigoted closings I've ever seen. And you didn't blink. The prejudice in this trial has been screaming. And the loudest scream came in the form of that verdict. Yes. How in God's Agreed. name can you let it stand? For the record, counsel, what you call bigotry, the district attorney calls motive, and she is free to argue that. Second, circumstantial evidence is enough to convict, and this jury found that evidence to be compelling. It is not my function to substitute my judgment. And lastly, off the record, any man whose brother burns women alive, he can't be all good. Yikes. Now please leave. Yikes. You know, I'd like to point out uh, her line, bigotry I guess prejudice is, is cloaked in black robes sometimes. I mean, but, Keith's, Keith's an asshole, but that doesn't make his brother a bad guy. Well, no, yeah. And, and, and she, yes. But uh, like the bigotry is the motive that line is so messed up because the bigotry he's talking about is the bigotry from Helen and the jury, not motive is the defendants, not the prosecutions. So, guys, can you can you can you tell that Keith and I don't agree with this strongly? <laughs> I'm pissed. Times two. 
I asked you to leave, and you would be wise to do so now. Would not have pegged Kittleson for a bigot. Bring a prize. Here's hey, Ernie Jane. and Lockup. Hey. You doing okay? Oh, sure. They took away my tie, my shoelaces, like I'm gonna hang myself or something. <laughs> Believe that. On this day, coming off a victory? Yeah, right. Isabella's great. It was a victory. You realize that? Oh, of course I do. I want to apologize for humiliating you. I never meant to. Uh, I know. Eugene's a good guy, man. Yeah. The insurance company has to lift that mandate now. Uh, no more having to warn clients you've never won. Yeah. It's a start. When you take the victory, you enjoy it, then you build on it. Oh, I will. I'm just sitting here savoring the moment. Nobody has to be worrying about me anymore. Good. So good. Thank you, Gene. Sure thing. So good. I like, if you ever want to analyze from an acting standpoint mm -hmm. how to be saying one thing and acting the opposite of it, that's a perfect example of it. Especially when you are often used as comedic, and but but are able to be 100% vulnerable like that, it's... it's uh... So good. Like, so vulnerable. Night. And everybody knows what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Eugene knows it. Ernie knows it. They're lying to each other to make each other feel better, but they both know it's not the truth. It's just a greatly, beautiful acting scene. And beautifully written, too. That's a really good scene. I feel like we, we see Ernie Sabella again. Uh, no spoilers. Great. Episode, that was an interesting ending. Yeah, very interesting. Interesting episode. So, if you are listening and you want to watch us talk about it, hip, hip, hop back, hip hop back on over to the YouTubes to watch Tired Mike and Tired Keith talk about it. And we are back. Back and Keith, believe it or not, Keith. Yeah. You uh you got resized again. I did. Oh, I'm little again. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. shall see. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I need to I need my thinking glasses. All right. Get those thinking glasses on because you have a lot of very important thinking to do in a segment we call Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Boomba's here, baby, and his friends aren't standing downwind. They are standing next to him on the council stand. Eugene comes in to help him out because his girthy niece may be shoplifted in Carta 95. In addition, Bobby uh, defends this brother whose brother was an asshole and burned his wife to death, but there's no evidence tying him to the case, but it doesn't matter. He's found guilty, sent to prison. Judge Kittleson is like, fuck y'all. I believe in that bigotry, and it stands. Meanwhile, Ernie Sabella pulls some hijinks, but he wins anyway, and then him and Eugene have a little bit of a bro moment, and guess what? Eleanor is pissed because Jimmy's an asshole. 
Okay, you ran over, sir. I did. I did. You ran well over. And uh, and before we hop into uh, the oopsies, I would like to explain to you what the uh, there's a penalty the line. In the, what's that? Is there a penalty when I don't get it? Oh, no, there should be a penalty. Oh, that's true. All right, guys, write to us at uh, out of practice podcast at gmail.com and to determine a, a proper sentencing for when uh, Mike goes over 30 and no seconds. honor killings. That's a, that's overboard. Right. That would be a, some something proportional to his failure. Uh, but the the my, my little Easter egg there. Oh, now, now, is, now hold on. I'm going to let me venture a guess. Since okay. I haven't. One is the plus sign. Is that still the pregnancy test? It is not the pregnancy okay. test. It has to do with Saudi Arabian credits. flag. Okay, no. It has to do with the credits of all of our guest stars, including Ernie Sabella, Clark Gregg, uh, and Bernard White. Ernie Sabella being in uh, Lion King, and of course all of our Avengers stuff, both. Properties owned by a certain company. Oh, Disney! That's the star going over the, the the Disney Plus logo. Hey, now Keith, that's a good one. See, that's I was proud one. of it. So I I deleted the Disney part, but I put the the swoosh there because we Disney uh, properties are what made all of our guest stars famous. That's awesome. That that was a good one. Well done. Yeah. All right. And now, let's stop congratulating ourselves and start congratulating people with fake awards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association (laughs) with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly presents the Oopsie! Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in I suspect it's reporting unfactuaring good. I I suspect you're just doubling it up now. And being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Sorry, you listeners. Here are your Sorry. hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? I'm... Oh, no. <laughs> no, I... Wait, I I'm 100% confident that that was... Oh, you resized automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Skype is fucking with us. Oh, um, my God. So many things have happened, and uh, I think we just have to address it. I'll go first, then it will be your turn. We fucked up all the oopsie bumpers. We had video and audio at different times, and then I got much bigger and smaller and poop. <laughs> <sighs> yes, and I think you have to do yours about uh, going over in my cast 30 seconds. I went over because I forgot about Eleanor, which was also what happened to her with all her friends in the office. So now I'm the bigger asshole like Jimmy. Okay, boy, we are not off to a great start. So Keith, in the-, the question is this. Yes. Since I'm confident, as mm-hmm. I rarely am, that the mm-hmm. oopsie bumper music was playing just only for the audience and not, I didn't put, patch it through to you. Oh, fine. Do I now have to leave both of them conf- going over each other in post when you send me the one you sent so yeah. that the cacophony is uh, compensatory uh, with the shit show that is this podcast? Oh, 
Yeah, no, we need to, we need to take our medicine. You're right, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna take it out on our audience by making them <laughs> listen to this. Oh Christ! Uh, uh, all right, let's get this done. Starting with. Well, Bobby lost. He did. I'm not giving it to to Helen because that's some bullshit. It wasn't her case. It was the bigotry of the jury. Right, which she exploited. And guess what? I thought the theatrics by Ernie Sabella was the most effective thing, even though it pissed off Judge Zoe Hiller. So I'm giving mine full-heartedly. Ernie Sabella, whatever his character's name is. Harlan Bassett. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, his his job as a lawyer is to advocate for his client. It doesn't matter if the judge hates him. doesn't matter if there are consequences for him. His job is to get his client off and get the W, which he did. So, hell yeah, Harlan Bassett, you get an M-V-L. Coming up next... Already famous because you've been on TV Getting a paycheck First entry on your IMDb Way to go But you're the best guest actor You are the best guest actor You are the best guest actor on the episode Jen kept bringing me tea because I'm coughing I'm COVID coughing up in here Oh great, well, glad we're remote So, best guest actor. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I flip-flopped a few times. I was going to give it to Judge, uh, to uh, Agent Coulson. He was, I thought, pretty great in his few scenes. Yep. And then I was going to throw it over to Linda Hunt because she was given it uh, as Judge Zoe Hiller, as often is the case. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, you ready for it? That, All right, last, let's do that it. last scene in lockup, Keith, you and I are often swayed by a by an after by scene tag. in lockup specifically. <laughs> That's true. The lockup tag is always yeah. a, a good way to get an oopsie. And I believe it got me again. That scene with Ernie Sabella brought me to the, to it. I mean, we had to stop the show to talk about how great an actor he was. So I think if if we have to do that, it it warrants we got two for two. Ernie Sabella, as your fictional character and as your just good old great actor self, gets my oopsie. Yeah. yeah, and I, I I think I'm going to agree with you, but I want to give a uh, a, a shout out to Bernard White. Yes. Uh, who I thought did a really excellent job on the stand being the, really, uh, unfortunately, the only voice <laughs> arguing against the xenophobia and... Uh, of this episode and advocating for himself in a very believable way. So I thought he did a very good job. I hope that we get to see him again. Often in cases Bobby loses like this, the it's not over. It's my another fear, swing. My mm. fear is that this is more an issue episode for David E. Kelly and he 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 made his issues known and that's the end of it. Yeah, it probably uh I can't tell you. So uh yeah, but I I do think it is Ernie Sabella's uh, episode. And so he gets an oopsie, which is good because last time he was on, he got sort of swept off by Raymond Dawes, mm. uh, even though I thought he was phenomenal in the 
episode. Okay, it is now time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Shit. Uh, listen, I, I don't know if you're going to be on the same page here, but I thought Steve Harris was really great and Dylan McDermott, also excellent. So good. Both of them. Yeah. But once again, I am just in awe of, of Cameron Mannheim. I think she she was able to play the sorry, so, sort of like so, sad, sorry stuff this episode, but yet still be defiant. And that's the writing, yes. Mm-hmm. I just think Eleanor is just such a great written character. But she was able in her few scenes to show every color in her palette. And she does it every effing time. And I know that maybe that you can get a little, it can get overlooked, but I don't overlook it. I just thought she was excellent again. And I thought uh, Kelly Williams was great in her scene too. And and Michael Badalucco riding that line of Jimmy as always. But I, I want to highlight with my oopsie, Cameron. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought that Dylan did an excellent job. And I think he's, you know, fiery Dylan, uh, Injustice Dylan is is a really good color for him, and I thought he did a good job with that. But yeah, no, I I think it's I think it's definitely Cameron. I mean, she she brought a vulnerability and a strength at the same time, just mm-hmm. like just exactly like you said. And you know, I was going to say it in the um, in the tires section, but I I really like how Eleanor, even in from a place of vulnerability both the character and the actress have all the strength necessary to defend herself she didn't need someone coming in and 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 advocating for her she is perfectly capable of doing it for herself and doing it effectively and from a place of strength and integrity so uh yeah no definitely uh cameron manheim get your oopsie you know, Keith. Before I drop, you drop that point. You, you know, I, I want to extend that congratulations a little further. Actually, David E. Kelly and and all the writers on the show. One thing they've they do pretty well, especially for a show that was written when it was written. They don't fall back on the damsel in distress very often. They they don't have all of these male characters continuously coming to protect the women. I, I think that that is to be commended only because of when it was written, obviously. That was a trope yeah. that was, you know, hammered all the time in television. I thought, I think that this is great. They they write strong women. The women in the office are very, uh, they, there are their moments. Don't get me wrong. There are it's moments. gotten better as time has gone on. Yeah. It, like season two, it got a little rough, but, but it has uh, definitely, an, an adjustment has been made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah no, I, I totally agree with that. You know, and uh, all right. So let's move forward and give out Probably our most important award, obviously. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Let's not forget the sexy, sexy Tom Brady Award for Tom Brady last week. Creed Tom Brady, which was... They always elicit a laugh from me, but this one got a big LOL, so here it is. (laughs) And uh, when we get to this week... um, Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, You know what? I got it. I got it. COVID denier Tom Brady? Let's really test what Disney's up to. Oh, Uh, no. 
uh, with their <laughs> test their lawyers. Yeah. So let's say Tom Brady as Timon next to Ernest Abella's Pumbaa in the Lion King. Tom Brady. Okay. Timon. Yeah. Tom Brady. Timon. Tom Brady. Love it. Okay. Great. I will look forward to the C and D from Disney. If Maybe you have to find them, some fan art. Maybe you have to find some fan the art. They're the most <laughs> litigious company <laughs> out there. We're probably going to get something for the plus side. Oh, All boy. right. Well, that will be exciting. We only have one more thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So, you know, I stopped the episode 75% through to complain about how I thought it wasn't that interesting and they could have done something more with this issue. However, uh, Keith was, well, he had watched it. So he was right in that it actually became about the xenophobia. And Bobby argues that at the end with Kittleson. And so that actually makes it much more interesting to me because that's what it's about. It's not so much about the lack of evidence, right, is the point. And that's something I hadn't, I hadn't pegged when I made my first objection. So it actually became very interesting. And I think Bobby's fight at the end kind of shows it, it it's 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 a great parallel to what our issues nationwide are right now, and that xenophobia is a a effective, loud voice in our discourse and in our politics. And that's a problem. And I'm sure still in our courtroom and our judicial system. I'm 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 positive of. So that was really interesting. The the complaints I had about the Ernie Sabella case being sort of, didn't we have already have this with Richard Bay and he can't get a win? I got to say, it pulled me through a little bit because it was executed flawlessly and by two really great actors. And all the courtroom shenanigans were great in that before, you know, yes, Judge Zoe was upset with the theatrics of, of Harlan. Regardless, it's what got his niece off you know it, it's what worked and he gets that win now his trajectory is probably a little more uh dour than what befell richard bay but regardless there was so much heart in it i loved it and all the stuff with eleanor was really impactful too so i've actually thought it it really struck a chord with me and i'm still pissed off about the ending in a good way like it it did what it was supposed to do for me as a viewer. And so that's great. In fact, I was thinking earlier, I was like, no, this is, this is sitting around a seven, seven and a half for me, but it's it's jumped to an 8.5 spare tires for this guy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's all fair. I, I agree with all of that. Um, it, it's an interesting episode because it does a lot of damage to the likability of the characters on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, the, the storyline with Eleanor, like it breaks my heart to watch her go through that and to watch not just Jimmy, but uh, most of the yeah. firm put her through that. And I'm heartbroken by it, but I also think it's a valid and important story to tell because I imagine that's still happening a fair amount. That's part of the experience of single parents. And uh, sadly, I mean, I'm hoping less today, but sadly, probably not. And I, I didn't like that. And, you know, I, I think we do a lot of damage to the to Kittleson in this, just revealing herself to be just flat out. Straight. Well, damage to Kittleson 2.0. To Kittleson, well, to, to this version of Kittleson, 
it, it doesn't it doesn't match with her character before. Her character was aggressively open-minded mm-hmm. before. And to have this close-minded version of version of Kittleson, I, I, I don't I don't quite get it. Um I'm sad that we've sort of abandoned her as a character. She's now just a judge. Whereas before she was a character. And so, you know, I get why you did it because she was out literally outshining our main cast members. She got an Emmy as a cast member, not as a guest star. So the adjustment back, I get it, but why you why do you keep having Holland Taylor here if you're not going to use her? Right. Um, other than to sort of make a point about xenophobia by having a character that we've come to love uh, express that. Uh, it, it's I know it's it's sounding like I I'm not liking this episode, but when I, but I, I did, I found it compelling. I found it interesting. Um, I just thought from a, from a showrunner standpoint, like we, we dinged our cast up a little bit, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I just sort of clocked it. Uh, Cause we don't need to be, everyone doesn't need to be a hero and write all the time. I would just like to, there to be consequences when mm-hmm. they're not, mm-hmm. um, which I think we got, I think, you know, I, I think Jimmy could have had more emotional consequences. Like Eleanor really hit back, and rightly so. But I don't think we saw it land on Jimmy as much as it. I would have liked to have seen him learn something when I don't think he really did <laughs> in that situation. Uh, all in all, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I'm going to give it a seven point seven five. It was okay. good. I liked 8, it. Eight two five ish. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, folks, if you are practice fans, uh, you know our next episode is Mr. Hinks Goes to Town. So if you're a practice fan, you know to be excited about next week. Mr. Like Mike, the episode is called Mr. Hinks Goes to Town? Yes, the episode is called Mr. Hinks Goes to Town. Uh, so tune in. Here we go. All right. You have wasted away another two hours of your life with the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to talk to us about it, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Mike's birthday is coming up. Send stuff for Mike's birthday to outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. The Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, GladLover69, Jorge Novoa, and Jennifer Massanova. If you would like to join them, Keith got big again, and I've started the timer. If you'd like to join them, you can do so. <laughs> We're going out to blaze of glory. We're going out to blaze of glory. By putting a donation uh, through one time or monthly, you can find those links in the show notes as possible. One day we'll have a Patreon, I promise. We just don't have anything extra to offer you. Um, we'd like to thank everybody who listens. If you have a friend you might think thinks we're funny or hates our politics, have him listen to the show. I'm not going to make a fancy thing at the end here. I just want to say, take a moment to make a plan to vote today if you haven't already. If you already have, help out a friend who hasn't voted yet and get them to the polls. And yes, if anybody tries to vote. tries to give you any bullshit at the polls, you just fire off some laser sounds. Laser sounds! Vote, vote, vote! <laughs>